0: It is good to be here today, this second Sunday of Advent, this Sunday of peace. It's good to see each one of you. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the Gospel of John look in chapter 16 at one verse. We may span three chapters, but we're going to read one verse. One verse. Duke University once done a study on peace of mind. Factors found that contribute greatly to emotional and mental stability. Or one, the absence of suspicion and resentment. In other words, nursing a grudge was a major factor of unhappiness. Two, not living in the past. What they meant by that is an unwholesome preoccupation with old mistakes and failures is what leads to depression. Number three says, not wasting time and energy fighting conditions that you just can't change. In other words, cooperate with life instead of trying to run from it. Fourth thing they mentioned was force yourself to stay involved with living in the world. Resist the temptation to withdraw and become reclusive during periods of emotional stress. A fifth indicator here is to refuse to indulge in self-pity whenever life seems to give you a raw deal. It would help us if we accept the fact that nobody gets through life without some sorrow or misfortune the sixth thing mentioned was to cultivate the old fashioned virtues of love humor compassion and loyalty the seventh thing mentioned was to do not expect too much of yourself in other words when there's too wide a gap between self-expectation and our own ability, then we've set ourselves up for feeling inadequate. And the last thing they found in this study is to find something bigger than yourself to believe in. Because self-centered, egotistical people score lowest on any test for measuring happiness what's interesting is how often what's missed when we read this study we usually miss what is really obvious here when I read this I want you to hear what (laughs) I hear Suspicion, resentment will be issues that we all have to deal with. Mistakes on our part are what we all have to deal with. Conditions and circumstances that we just cannot change are things we all have to deal with. Life itself, what I mean is chaos, trouble, disappointment, it will happen. What I read is that we will face temptations of all kinds. I read that raw deals, they're going to come to us. I read it from this study that sorrow and misfortune will be part of our lives. things will change we will experience feelings of inadequacy and we will find that this world just does not revolve around us i read this when i look at that study but i also read the remedy to all of this. The remedy is <laughs> just put away suspicion and resentment. The remedy is don't live in the past. The remedy is don't waste time and energy fighting. The remedy is to just cooperate with life. The remedy is is to force yourself to be involved. The remedy is is to refuse to indulge in self-pity. The remedy is is to cultivate old-fashioned virtues. The remedy is to do not expect too much of yourself. And the remedy is to realize that there's something bigger out there and aim for it. Because the remedy will give us peace. You know, this life is going to tear us apart from time to time. But we can find peace. Jesus seems to want us to really understand this. When we look here in this passage or in this one verse, in chapter 16 and verse 33, the Bible says these things. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Oh, God, we thank you for overcoming the world. We thank you that we can have peace in the midst of this chaotic world that we're living in, in the midst of everything that comes our way, in the midst of our times of struggle, our times of stress, our times of of depression, our times of frustration. God, we can still have peace because you have overcome the world. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us this promise. And God, we pray that you would help us open our hearts and our minds to what your word shares. Encourage us, God, through your word. God, give us strength through your word. Give us peace through your word. God, and we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. God, there may be someone here today who's living without peace in their life. God, use this message to speak to their heart and remind them how much you love them so much that in you there is peace and you want to give it to them. So God, right now, move and minister upon us. We'll praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' holy name we, we pray. Amen. Amen. In this account, Of the gospel message in this account of John's life of our Lord Jesus Christ. We find chapters 14, 15, and 16. They seem to happen between the Last Supper and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mixed in this discourse through these three chapters. John shares with us words of truth and comfort. Jesus ends this discourse with this verse. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In this one verse, we find that it is filled with promises. But one promise I want us to make sure we catch hold of is the promise of pressure. We need to recognize there is a promise of pressure. So if you are really into these uh, name it and claim it preachers, If you are really into this prosperity gospel, then you're not going to care much for this message. Because the scripture tells us and it teaches us that there's a promise of pressure. What we need to recognize is is what Jesus uses. He uses the word tribulation. The word tribulation, it actually means the same thing as pressure in this context. When unwanted pressure is added to our lives, it can, it can produce anguish, affliction, and trouble. You want to hear a word that we use for this? Hardship. In other words, hardship is promised to all of us. So we keeping that in mind throughout these chapters Jesus makes it clear that as long as we live in this world we will face this kind of pressure. Chapter 15 verses 18 through 25 we're told that the world's going to hate us. In verse 19 it says if you were of the world the world would love its own but because you are not of the world I've chose you out of the the world, therefore, the world will hate you, or the world hates you. In verse 20, Jesus says that they persecuted me, so therefore, they're going to persecute you. In chapter 16, in verse 2, Jesus tells his disciples that they will be put out of the synagogues and some will be killed, and those who kill them will actually believe they're doing God's work. Here, what we know is pressure and hardships are going to come. Well, preacher, I'm not so sure about that. Well, let me tell you some things that the disciples experienced as far as hardship. In chapter 21 and 18, Jesus tells Peter that you will die hanging on the cross. John was exiled on the island of Patmos. The apostle Paul in 2nd Corinthians chapter 11, 24 through 28, he shares with us that he was imprisoned, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked attacked by robbers he hungered he thirsted he was left naked he was left for dead not to forget there was he was given a thorn in his flesh that the lord would not remove the history tells us that the that, that his life was taken at nero's chopping block history tells us that 10 of the 12 disciples were martyred we know that judas took his own life out of guilt and shame for the cow- cowardly act of betraying our lord and savior but we also know that john lived to be an old man he wasn't only exiled on the island of patmos history tells us he was dipped into a vat of oil and he lived with that pain and that anguish to be an old man i want to tell you that we can expect hardships the disciples in the first century experienced them we're going to experience them in this life we can't get away from that. Amen. Folks, just a couple weeks ago, when this young girl in Lumberton was murdered, I was just frustrated with our legal system and how it failed her. This young girl, was, it wasn't just that she was murdered. Her child, trying to pull this man off of her, was punched in the face. Not only that, there were people all around who did nothing to lift a hand. He had been in court with this girl. And the court system said he can go free. And I was frustrated. (laughs) Because all I could think of is this was my daughter. Then I was reminded that our legal system is in fact broken. It's broken because we're all broken people and we're all living in a broken world. I was reminded that because broken people are leading our system, our system has no other choice but to be broken. This system is in a broken world. And folks, this reminds me that as long as we live in this broken world, we're going to face hardships. Mothers and fathers will be faced with burying their children. Children will bury mothers and fathers. Wives will bury husbands. Husbands will bury wives. People will be murdered. Children will be exploited. Spouses will be abused. The sick and the poor will be among us always. People will battle depression and disease. People will be faced with prejudice and and discrimination. So first we might as well drop the heavy chips off our shoulders. We might as well stop gossiping about the trouble others are in we might as well remove the mask that we typically wear so that we can hide what's going on in our lives from everyone else we might as well leave the woe is me alone we might as well because the pressure of living in this world is hard and we can expect hardships as long as we're here on earth Everyone will face hardships. You're not alone. I don't know what you're going through right now, but you're not alone. Look to your left, look to your right, look behind you, look in front of you. Somebody else is facing hardships along with you. It's just the pressure of this broken world. pressure, but thanks be to God, we've been given the promise of peace. (laughs) Jesus says, in me, you may have peace. He goes on to say, I have overcome the world. What is he saying? He's saying that he is victorious over the world. When the world's religious system could not provide access for us to God, God sent his only begotten son so that the world through him could be redeemed. Oh, somebody ought to get happy today. You know, we are in the world in this world he he was in the world in the world that he created didn't even know him he came to his own and his own rejected him they would not receive him but as many as would receive him those who, who would believe in him those were able to be received as the children of God aren't you glad you're part of the children of God today for this the world beat him for this the world spat upon him. They pulled hair out of his face. They nailed him to an old rugged cross. They suspended him between heaven and earth. And when he had given his life as a ransom for our sin, for the sin of the world, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. The world thought that they had defeated him. But on the third day morning, he arose victorious from death, hell and the grave. He overcome the world. And because Jesus Christ has overcome the world, we can have peace in him in John 14 27 Jesus said peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives to you do I give to you so let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid in 1955 oh what a peace this is in 1955 Nicholas Ridley He was burned at the stake because of his witness for Christ. On the night before his execution, his brother, his brother offered to remain by his side to stay with him in this prison chamber to be of assistance and of comfort to him. And Nicholas sent his brother away. He said, I don't need you here. What he meant by that was that he was going to bed. And he was going to sleep just as he ever did. Because he knew the peace of God. And he could rest in the strength of the everlasting arms. And know that the Lord would meet his need. Oh, oh, we have peace in Him. Folks, we can have peace. This peace in the midst of the pressure of the world if we focus on the promises that he has given us. And he has given us the promise of a heavenly home. Yes, we will have hardships in this world, but we can have peace knowing that it's not as good as it gets. That we can have peace knowing that there's a better day coming. Peace knowing that our heavenly home awaits us. Jesus said in 14, 1 through 3, that let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told hold you and I go away to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also yes we have the promise of a heavenly home and if we focus our eyes on our heavenly home instead of the problems of this world and the pressure that this world gives we'll have peace because in that heavenly home it's a place where God will dwell with us. It's a place where he, we shall be his people and he shall be our God. It's a place where there be no more tears for the tear will be wiped away from our eyes. It's a place where there be no death, nor sorrow, nor crying. It's a place where there be no more pain for all the hardships, all the pressures of the world will be gone. Oh, it's a place where all things will be made new. Oh, if we could keep our eyes focused on the promise of peace. The promise of this heavenly home. Oh, it'll give peace to us. Yes, we have this promise of a heavenly home. But some of you may be wondering, well, what do we do while we're here? In our heavenly home, no, we won't face hardships. But we're here. And we're facing hardships here. Well, Jesus has given us the promise of a helper. (laughs) Aren't you glad he's he's not leaving us as orphans? He's not leaving us to ourselves. He's a good, good father. (laughs) Jesus is an elder brother that will stick closer to us than anyone we've ever known. (laughs) He teaches us that if we love him, then we'll keep his commandments. And if we keep his commandments, then he will pray to the father. And the Father will give us the helper to abide with us forever. You know what I love about that is the fact that when he comes to abide, he's not going to leave us alone. He's not going to forsake us. We might turn away from him, but he's not going anywhere. He's coming to reside with us forever. This helper will be the spirit of truth. This helper, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will guide us into all truth and everything that he does in and through us will glorify our Lord and Savior. Oh, we have the promise of a helper, one who will comfort us, strengthen us, protect us, preserve us, provide for us. One who will interpret our prayers. When we don't know what to say. Or when we just can't say it. Well, instead of just forsaking to pray, why not just kneel down and moan a little bit? (laughs) The Holy Spirit will interpret that moaning and he'll give it to God. And God will hear from us and God will answer our prayer. He's one who will guide us, direct us. He's one who will teach us all things. And the beauty of this is that if we spend time with him in the word of God, when we need it most, he'll bring it back to our remembrance. Oh, (laughs) what a helper he is. We have the promise of a helper Throughout the pressures of this world, folks, what more can he do for us? What more can he do? He's promised us we are living in a broken world. We're broken people. It is a broken system. But he said he would be right here with us. And he's given us a home to look forward to where there be an unending day where night will never fall. Hmm. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. There may be someone here today who's struggling with the pressures of this world. You may be thinking, how can I experience peace when I can barely keep my head above water? How can I experience peace in all the hardship that I'm faced with? How can I experience peace when all I feel is pressure? (laughs) I can't explain it well enough, but you can experience it. You can experience this peace, but only in Jesus. Jesus said, in me. Not in the world, in me. Not in your family, in me. Not in the church, in me. Not among Christian people, but in me. You may have peace. In other words, you must believe in him, believe he is the son of God, that he came to this world born of a virgin. And as a baby, shepherds came to worship him. Wise men came to offer gifts. Kings sought to kill him. He grew in knowledge and wisdom in which he was the very author of, living a sinless life in full obedience to his heavenly father. And when his time had come, he gave himself to be beaten, mocked, and crucified. You must believe that he died, was buried, and on the third day, he rose from the grave. Oh, if you believe this and will surrender your life to him as your Lord and Savior. you willing to confess that you belong to him and he belongs to you to this cruel and dark world, you shall be saved. And at that very moment, spiritually, the Holy Spirit will take residence within you. Positionally, you will be placed in Him. <laughs> you will be placed in Jesus Christ. That where He is, you're already there. The question is are you ready today? Are you ready to receive the promise of peace? That you can carry throughout the pressures of this world. If you are, why not come right now and surrender your life to this man called Jesus? As they begin to sing this song, as the church is praying for you, are you ready to make Jesus your own? Are you ready? to experience a peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away.